and wine in the arms of Christ that covered all the sin. No greater love have I ever known. It captured my heart again. And you have. Oh, oh, my heart again. You have captured my heart. You captured my heart. You captured my heart again. You have captured my heart. Captured my heart, you captured my heart. Yeah. You have captured my heart, you captured my heart, you captured my heart.
morning, church. All right, let's rise on up and let's worship God together.
is everybody? All right. Anybody have any weird weather this week? Nope. Crazy. Go for it. Well, welcome to Haven Church, where anything can happen. I'll warn you guys, you sit in the front row, you are subject to Jack. So That's you might I'm have there. you sniff him. I'm he, the Gallagher. He might shower you with water. I don't know. He's got like, he's got a bunch of water back here. I just saw that. But, you know, so I Today, don't know. If you guys are here, you're in a splash zone. I got, I got a watermelon with a big sledgehammer back here for all you old Gallagher fans. So. All right. It's cool. So um, I got a, a small announcement. Um, I don't want to wait till announcement time. I sound like be rebel today. So um, uh, any show of hands, uh, how many of you parents just give your, your kids smartphones and laptops and not think about defaults? So here, here you go. Here's your smartphone. Have at it. Anybody do that? They're all afraid. Yeah. Don't, don't raise your hand if you don't want me to see you. But, so um, I think a lot of parents are like this. I think a lot of parents, um, they may not fully understand the Internet. Maybe they, they, they don't want to get blinders on. You don't know what your kids are doing. But uh, me and Justin, we are IT professionals. Justin is a, uh, a, he's, he's an IT director of a school system. I work with DOD, FBI, CIA. So, um, so I know a lot of things that maybe you don't want to know. But anyways, so we, have, so we do, we have a presentation we want to put out there for you. It's a, it's a tech night. If you, anybody that's interested in knowing more about the internet, how to secure your households, your family, uh, know more about what your kids are doing, um, we want to do this for you, but I don't want to do it if there's like a, an audience of two people out there. So give me a show of hands real quick. Any parents that are interested in this tech night? There you go. All right, so I got about a half a dozen. I'll probably put a, a, a sign-up sheet out there. Um, so we'll... How many we'll young people are afraid that your parents are going to come to this? <laughs> you better put your hands... <laughs> hey, there's one. There you go. So this is a... This is, it's like a one... Like about a 90-minute presentation we're going to do. Um, it's pretty interactive. You know, feel free to ask questions. Um, we're here to help you. You know, we really, it's because, like, you know, I, I think about the Internet, and I think about, in the old days, we had an old building called a library. It's, it's a really historic place, you know, back in the Stone Ages, before, after tablets were invented. So in this, in this, in this place called a library, you went in there, and you had a, a thing called a librarian, and she made sure you were in the right location, you were in the right section. You were in the kids' section, adult section, that kind of stuff. If you want something more racy than that, there's a place called 7-Eleven you can go to. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, when the Internet came out, they took away the librarian. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, nobody made sure their kids were in the right section in the library anymore. And I think it's pretty dangerous. And even though the Internet's safer today, it's not perfect. And, uh, unfortunately, once you see something, you can't unsee it. So I think it's important to make sure your kids are safe, you're safe, even adults. You know, we're all prone to that kind of stuff clicking the wrong thing. So that's it. That's my announcement. Apparently, I will be there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Splash zone. Good. All right, everybody. You ready to worship the Lord? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. All right, just checking. How many had any sorrows this week? Nobody? <laughs> How many had some sorrows in the last month? How many had some stuff you're dealing with that could be a sorrow? Let's trade them all in. sorrow I'm trading my shame 
I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord.
Lord, we just come to you today. We thank you for just uh, all that you are to us and to so many in this world, that you are our Redeemer, our Savior. You are our King, and that we just call on your great name right now to fill this place. And um, for all who are watching today, and God, that your Holy Spirit move in a mighty, mighty way. We love you, God. And um, although we don't always live that way, we're here because we want to connect to you in a powerful way. So, Lord God, we just lift you up. Um, and all the world, we pray that all the world will praise your great name. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, say hi to somebody as our children go to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry. All right. Good morning. How you doing? All right. A couple people are good. That's good. Okay. We want to welcome everybody here. I'm glad that you are with us today at Haven Community Church. Um, I love when people wait till the kids leave to sit down. That's awesome. So, um, but uh, we have some good stuff. So, uh, we also want to welcome that if you're visiting today, we do have a gift for you. Please fill out that card and hand it in back here, and we have a small gift for you. Thanks for being here, and just want you to relax, have a good time. And um, that's what we hope that you'll do. Uh, the other thing, um, we want to welcome our online church, those who are watching on havencc.org. Uh, let's give them a hand. Let's go. Say hey. All right. And we also want to welcome Facebook Live. Everybody say Facebook Live. Hey, there you go. You're all part of our church and any other kind of way that you're finding us. We want to welcome you. And we're just glad that you guys are here. Hi, I'm Jack. So we're glad that you're here. All right, we have several announcements that are here. Uh, Haven 101 class for anyone who is interested in the history of Haven or how to become a member. You can take that without becoming a member, but a lot of people just want to find out some information about why we are here and in existence. And so that's what we will go through um, after church today. You can meet right in this section here, and we'll go ahead and we will uh, go ahead and get started there. Um, Dining for women this Wednesday, anything? Okay. All right, Dining for Women will be at Judy's. At, um, they had the Mardi Gras party. They have, they have fun last week. She said they have so much fun, it should be a sin. So if you want to have so much fun, it's almost a sin. Go ahead and show up there if you are a woman and they want to dine. Okay, there you go. Um, VBS planning meeting next Sunday after church. So anybody who would like to help with that, with Vacation Bible School, um, it was crazy. We mentioned that, Melissa mentioned that yesterday, and somebody said, um, some, I think Rachel said, my gosh, already? And I said, yeah. So it's, before we know it, I did see bathing suits out at Walmart, so it's coming. Um, we're getting there, all right? Thought we were going to need them this week, didn't we, uh, on, on Tuesday, but all right. Um, so we have that. Uh, Miriam's Table, one more, out, one more week outreach, um, and she will be here with us next week. To share. Um, we, we've seen some videos. We've done some other stuff. Right now, you guys have been awesome, right? Right now, we're in the 1500 range. That is awesome. So I'd love to see even, even more so. We're going to talk about generosity today, and this is a generous church, but we want to share some of that as well. And the lady will be with us next here next week for that. Um, mission trips, uh, 
kickoff planning. The 19th is everything. Um, after church, uh, they're going to meet with a missions trip planning session. So if you're interested in that, please go ahead and connect after church next week. Also, next Sunday, Paris Foundation, right? Okay, need lots of people. So here's your opportunity. If you're like, oh, I want to sign up, um, you get a chance to today. So go ahead and make sure you go to the Paris Foundation and help out there. And Bonnie would love to see you and have you there, okay? We have numbers on, on our prayer concerns on the back. And we have a number today um, that we have here. Okay, let's see. Um, we have uh, from Janet for Debbie is traveling to West Virginia, correct? So we want to lift her in prayers. And um, who was that? Kitty? Kitty had surgery on her head, okay, right? So we want to go ahead and lift them in prayers. Um, Tina for um, Maddie and the family as a whole, I believe that is, okay? Um, Steve asked for prayers for, uh, for his wife, Tracy. Her mom died um, uh, some seven years ago today, and I know that's a, a bitter, um, bitter uh, anniversary that we have. Taylor uh, Day asked for prayers for Nathan, who started his transfusions for cancer, and this is the second time with cancer, so we want to lift um, Nathan in your prayers. Bill has asked for prayers for Barb and Ray Caldwell, continue prayers for their healing and with health issues. Um, Linda Boswick asked for prayers for uh, University of Delaware. Um, this week there was a, a box that was a hoax. They thought it was a pipe bomb, um, but we want to lift up University of Delaware and all, all institutions like that. We know that um, they can be very tumultuous areas and in these times, and it also reflects a lot of the violence and things that go on in our lives. Patty Nichols asked for prayers um, to lift up Rosie Sutton in prayer. It's the first year anniversary of her husband Wayne's death, so we want to lift her. Um, Jill um, asked for uh, a joy for Natalie. Natalie turned 13 yesterday, so Jill has a teenager. There you go. All right. And all the people who are chuckling have had teenagers. There you go. Okay. Bobby Brickner asked for prayers for Morgan, a teen who tried to commit suicide on Friday night. So we want to lift her in prayer. She's unconscious in A.I. DuPont. And for the family of Darlene Gerald, um, her aunt who passed away yesterday, okay? Um, do we have others to lift up in prayer? Yes. Tammy, Tommy's grandmother's home now in the hospital. So we lift Tommy Boyd and family up. Anyone else? Yes. The 12th this year? Okay. So, so the 12th overdose death in Cecil County already. So we um, want to lift up. Yes. So uh, I, if you didn't hear that, um, a classmate, Chip, um, was celebrated four years, four years of sobriety, but, um, and that's awesome, but he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, so we're going to lift him up, all right? Others? Yeah, in the back. Okay, a friend um, who was 32 um, passed away, so we want to lift him up in prayers. Others? Um, yes. Yeah, Judy, cancer-free for 13 years next Saturday. That's awesome. Awesome. Any others that we want to lift up? Okay. Um, we did have a great celebration. I know some of you were there for uh, Reverend Jim Jones, and so be praying for his family and friends and also, um, you know, the church and the community that he served for 27 years. So that doesn't happen in the United Methodist Church, but, um, but Jim broke the mold, so we want to go ahead and, and lift him up fresh. 
All right? And also be praying for all kinds of churches because I know this time to July, churches are finding out new pastors and transitions, many in, in the community world. All right, anything else? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and um, again, we recognize that, you, uh, that there's so many things going on in life, but ultimately we know that you are God and we are not. And so, so Lord, with all the uh, prayer requests, uh, we've got several with anniversaries of, of people passing away, which is, is, a, is a, a bittersweet um, one because we know for the believer that they are home with you, but we also know and recognize that uh, when we look back, we, we miss those individuals. And a lot of kinds of emotions and feelings start to come to the forefront. And so, God, um, we lift them up. We lift those who are dealing with addiction issues. God, um, so sad. So sad that so many lives have been stolen um, from addiction, um, whether it be from, from passing away or whether it be just that their lives are robbed from the ongoing battle and struggle with addiction. So, God, we just ask that you uh, intervene in our world and our community. Stop this great hold that Satan has on so many. For birthdays and anniversaries and all those other kind of joys, we give you thanks. The celebration of being cancer-free or being uh, free and sober for four or five years or more, we give you thanks. And yet, God, it seems like once when we enjoy one thing, here's something else coming around the corner. But we know that no matter where we stand, no matter what goes on in life, no matter what makes sense and what doesn't, we know that we serve a mighty God. For all unspoken prayer requests that are here, God, I just ask and I, um, I know that you're just going to reach out and meet those needs where they are for healing. Because there may be some of us here who just don't want to lift up those prayer requests for one reason or another. Some may be watching and don't feel like they can, um, even though they can do it online. But there are some right now that say, I need something. I, I need a healing. I need, I know what the doctors say and but I'm going to trust in the great physician. So God, as we're speaking right now, use your Holy Spirit to touch their lives. Whatever it may be, God, we know you have the final say on all of us. May we not wait for that final say, but may we live our lives in service to you. May we live our lives in relationship with you. For God, you have been so good to us. You've given us so many blessings so that we may be a blessing to so many others. And at this time, we affirm what the scripture says, that you love a cheerful giver. And God, so out of the goodness of your heart and, your, and the goodness of your love for us, as we celebrate this Valentine's Day about love, may we focus on the greatest love, that greater love has no one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. And that's what you did. And you rose again. And so God, as a gift of all that you've given to us, we give back to you and ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon your tithe and our offerings so that we can meet the many needs around the world that are so vast that we can't even begin to scratch the surface, but all things are possible with you. Anoint them and anoint us. In Christ's name we pray.
Good morning. Genesis, I'm reading from Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 through 15. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. my dogs today? No, no, no. Yeah, you go. Some people remember last week. How my dogs? There we go. I feel like Arsenio Hall. It's great. Guys who are, who are below the age of 30. Arsenio was a talk show host. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So we good today. That's awesome. So today we're going to continue our series called Running with the Big Dogs. And so by running with the big dogs, we got to get off of the porch, don't we? So that's what we've got to do. So um, we are going to talk today. It comes from our theme verse. Our theme verse is from Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. It was a really um, interesting moment at the funeral the other day. Um, one, you know, one of the uh, really interesting things was um, that during uh, the service, Reverend Karen Bennell was sharing and she mentioned something and she said, I'm going to do something I never tried to do in, in um, normal life. And I'm going to give Jim the last word. And they had uh, Reverend Jim Jones up on the screen. It was a really emotional point in time because I haven't seen him do that in about six or seven years. Um, and so it was really, really emotional. But one, it was very interesting. One of the verses that he talked about was Hebrews chapter 12. So God is moving in all things. It was really uh, comforting and awesome. So, but he shared that. And this verse, here it is up on the screen. If you see it, it's also in your bulletin. And this is our theme verse. Therefore, right? Therefore, and what, if you see a therefore, you've got to find out what? What it's there for. And so therefore, and the verse before that, the second chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith or the hall of faith. Um, and it talks about all these great people in faith. And now it comes to this point and says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, I like that, that there's people like in an arena, like in the Super Bowl last week, 
like Atlanta fans for the first half, <sighs> and like the Patriots fans in the last quarter or last 10 minutes, yeah, right, okay, and the Atlanta fans afterwards, oh, okay, but we, that's how some, some of us are, are living our lives, for the first quarter, we're doing great for God, and then maybe we kind of slack off a little bit and think we got this thing coasting, and then before we know it, uh-oh, and people are like, no, no, no. So we are surrounded by these people who have lived their lives, and by the way they live their lives, their faith has, is a testimony and a witness to us. And so they're cheering us on. And it says this, look, because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. In other words, I love this. It's not saying, hey, the Christian life is easy. It's saying, hey, I know this race is difficult. But you got to throw off that stuff in order to run the race. And then it says, so let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In other words, they have given us some awesome lessons that we can learn and we can grow from. And so today, we are going to talk about a person named Rebecca. And Rebecca is the daughter-in-law of somebody that I think, no matter what faith, the world's top three faiths go back to this guy. His name's Abraham. Um, and Abraham... Uh, is is the guy who a uh, friend of God? They talk about him actually in in Hebrews chapter eleven as one of the great members of the Hall of Faith. That he he with faith he just got up and left where he was and went somewhere else and just served God and and listened to God. But at this point, as we come into this section, Abraham is a hundred years old. Okay, he's a hundred years old. He has been promised to be the father of many nations. Now he had one child with. Um, a handmaid, her name was, uh, that he had with her, Hagar, had Ishmael, but that wasn't a child of promise. And then he had another child with somebody who we're going to talk about in the last week. Her name is Sarah. Um, and so he had this child, and this is a child of promise. His name was, anybody know? Isaac. And Isaac means he laughs because Sarah was really old and she thought it was really funny that she was going to be pregnant and have this child. Now, so Abraham is 100 years old. He's been promised this this uh, father of many nations, and yet he has Isaac, and Isaac doesn't have any prospects in life to be married to. So you may be saying, you know, hmm, how am I going to be this father of many nations when Isaac, um, Isaac's not getting on with the show here. He has no prospects. So we are going to talk about his, his prospect, who it becomes. Her name is Rebecca, and she's our big dog today. As I said, she is the one who is the daughter-in-law of Abraham, and so she's going to come, as we were talking about, since we're surrounded by that great cloud of witnesses, the series is based, so, so when we have a, a crowd, right, anybody ever been to a stadium? And what does it sound like when people are in the stadium? Let's try it, ready? Hopefully you brushed your teeth. Okay, ready? All right, so you do that. He's got that crowd noise, because when people talk, you can't hear what they're individually saying. So what we're doing in the series is we're asking if one of those big dogs of faith could come out of the stands and take a lap around the, the life with us. What would they say to us? And so today, Rebecca's coming out of the stands. And this topic that we're going to share today, that Rebecca is going to share in our lap, is something that I believe all the big dogs of faith would also share. Matter of fact, 15%, 15% of the gospel speaks about this very topic. It's approximately in half of all the parables. It makes up about half of all the parables. And if I was going to talk about this as much as it does in the Bible, one in every five sermons would deal with this topic. And it's mentioned two times as much 
as heaven and hell are in the scriptures. So what I'm saying is this is a really big dog topic. This is a big bone for the big dogs, right? That's what we have here. So what we're talking about is something if Rebecca came out of the stands, what I believe she would tell us today is when people ask for help or as you live in life, give generously to others. Give generously to others. And so that's where we are going to pick up today. We're going to pick up in this story, Abraham's old, Isaac has no prospect, no girlfriend, nobody who's possible to be his, um, his spouse, and so Abraham is really kind of nervous. Now, he's nervous in two ways, I believe. Number one, Isaac has no prospect. Number two, um, he doesn't want Isaac wandering off to find a wife, because that's the only one. This is his child of promise. He's got to do this. So how does he do this? Well, number one, back then, fathers used to arrange marriages. Now, I don't know about you, a father of five children and three girls, I really like that. Do you like that, Emigel? I'm going to pick out your husband for you. No, she doesn't like it. How many people are our parents, fathers, that would like to pick out your child's spouse? Anybody? Come on, not many of you. There we go. I see those hands. There we go. Um, how many of you um, wish your parent would have? No, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, we won't go there. But anyway, what we do find is that might be a good idea to pick out. Say, I like this one. And we all know that uh, we probably would pick out people very different than our children do. Good, bad, and indifferent. And like I said, the other thing, he doesn't want Isaac wandering off because Isaac is his only child of promises. So what he does, he comes up. And as you can see in the scripture lesson that was read for us today, um, it's from uh, the 24th chapter of Genesis. He calls his chief servant. He said, this is the top of the servant. He says, I want you to do something for me. I don't want, we don't want you to pick anybody from here. These, these women, no, 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 no. We don't want any of these women in this area. So what I want you to do, I want you to go back home. And I want you to go there, and I want you to pick a spouse for Isaac. Okay, so here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you all kinds of, I'm going to give you camels. Camels meant money. I mean, I know, I know when Jill went and Melissa went to Israel, there's some people that offer camels for them, right? So, I mean, you know, I'm a, I could have been a camel farmer instead of having all these kids, you know, I could have had camels. But anyway, so we have, they offer camels, camels meant wealth, and so he gives her all this jewelry, and nice jewelry, fine jewelry, all kinds of wealth, and it's in the scripture says, and he gives him all kinds of good things. And he sends him off looking for a wife for his son Isaac. Now, can you imagine the pressure that the servant is dealing with? Number one, He's got to please his master. And number two, he's got to please Isaac. And number three, if you throw this in here, when Rebecca comes home, Isaac better not look like a big dog. You with me? He better be somewhat decent here, okay? So the servant has this whole kind of situation that he's got to deal with. And that brings us to where we are to Genesis chapter 24 and the verses that are in your bulletin from chapter 12. And 15. And if you're following along at home, go ahead and you can go to Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 and 15. So he makes this journey. He's got camels. He's got jewelry. He's got wealth. He's got all the good things that it says here. And so he gets down here and he does something that I think is really cool when he sits down. And let's look what the scripture says. Then he prayed, Oh God, oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today. So he's down around this well. And so he's like, okay, something's going to happen here. So he says, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. And this is something I think when anytime we have pressure or we have a challenge, this is something that we all need to do. We need to stop and pray. 
So we learned something there, but that's a whole other sermon. He says, see, I'm standing behind the spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are going to come out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that my, I may have a drink. And she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one that you have chosen. So here's what he says. He says, he's very specific here. Okay, he's saying, okay, now at this time of day, it's toward the end of the day, they're coming out, they're filling up a big jar, something like this, it would have been about five gallons, so they take a, a big jar, and they come out, and either they'd have it on their shoulder, or they'd have it on their head, ouch, okay, and they carry it with water to and from, and he says, when they come out, and they're holding this like this, and they say, um, excuse me. Can I get a drink of water? Can you let down your jar? They say, sure. Now, it took a lot of effort to get it up there. And then, can I give you, can you give me a drink? And they say, sure, I'll get you a drink, and I'll feed your camels too. Let that be the one. Very, very specific, correct? That's a very, 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 very specific type of prayer. And so, let's look what happens. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And before he had finished praying, so isn't that cool? He's right in the middle of his prayer. Rebecca comes out with a jar on her shoulder. So here she goes. She's got it on her shoulder. So he's praying, send this person out. And he says, and when he asks her, he says to her, hey, can you put your jar down? And she says what? Sure, let me, let me go ahead and get drink for your camels too. Okay? So pretty cool, huh? Nice story so far. Sounds like a soap opera. It's good. Now, the jar that she has, or whatever, is about a five, anywhere from two to five gallons. So here we go. We've got five gallons of water here. Okay. Anybody want to be my volunteer? Anybody want to get drafted? Who does? No, no, you're not going to get wet. I promise. Here we go. Come on, Abigail. You have to. You're my daughter. Okay? Here we go. All right. Put this on your shoulder. I'm going to try it. What's the matter? Come on. I got one more. Are you done? You sure? Here, I'll help you a little bit here. I can't get them all in there. That's not going to help. Okay, how's that? Are you? If I let go of this, it's going to hit you in the head. All right, well, here's what we'll do. Now, here, can you hold them all in your hand? There we go. There, there you go. Hold on one. Try to get them all in one hand. Two. Come on. You can use both hands and just keep them on your shoulder. Try to put them all both on your shoulder. There you go. All right, put them on your shoulder. There you go. All right. How's that? Come on, get them up there. All right, she's done. Have a seat. Okay. Can't get kids to do anything. Thank you, Aunt Miguel. All right, so. So this is what she has. So we say, okay, oh, so she's just going to let down that 20, that, that five, five gallons and, and just go ahead and feed them. For us, it doesn't sound like she did a lot, right? Now, I know usually to try to get my kids to feed the dogs or cats, some of them, that's impossible. 
So this is a complete stranger says, can I have a drink? She says, sure. Oh, let me go ahead and take care of your camels too. Now I want to show you something up on the screen here. Look at this. Next one. He has how many camels? 10 camels. Let's look at 10 camels. 10 camels. At the end of the day, the minimum a a camel can drink is 20 gallons. That is 200 gallons of water for those camels. 200 gallons with a five-gallon jar, which is pretty heavy, right, Emigail? Now, keep in mind, this is, this is plastic. It's not stone, okay? Would have been 40 trips. 40 trips, let's give it three minutes. Filling it up, picking it up, dumping it out. Filling it up, picking it up. Three minutes would have been a commitment of two hours. How many of you, to a complete stranger that asked for a drink, would say, oh, sure, let me take two hours and go ahead and do this? That means when she started, it was toward the end of the day, and often they would leave enough time to get what they needed and get back, so it's probably getting dark right about now. How many of us are willing to do what Rebecca did by going that extra mile and spending two hours to take care of a need that she wasn't even asked for, but she decided to do? And what I want to share is this whole idea of generosity is completely contrasted to our culture and our world today. Where our culture and our world today is not where we look at how we can do, um, what we can do to go the extra mile to help, but I, would, I, I see more and more that we live in a time where people look for the least they can do and we have this sense of entitlement that we should get just because we are. Anybody with me here? And check that out. And we seem to have this more and more. And often we find people that are actually offended by when, when people are generous in our life. Yet Jesus gives us this attitude and shares with us, if somebody asks for your coat, give them your tunic too. Go that extra mile. And the servant went out. So when Rebecca comes here and says this, he says, this is a girl, this is a keeper. This is a keeper right here. And he said, thank you, God. So he begins to go ahead and he begins to unload and say, here's 10 camels. They're yours. And then he goes ahead and he starts to pull out the jewelry. And she says, oh yeah, I'll take him. She saw that jewelry and said, whoa, yeah. It said, she got all that good stuff. And she was like, woohoo, yeah, good stuff. She never even saw Isaac. He could have looked like Jojo the dog face boy. But guess what? She said, I got some good stuff. I got some good, woo, yeah. I got this guy, Isaac. I don't care what he looks like. Look at my jewelry. That's a lesson for you guys. Jewelry gives you a big, like, thumbs up, okay? Here we go. Rebecca went above and beyond what she should have done, and what many of us would do. It was a very interesting week this week, and one of the things that God tends to do with me is when there's a topic, he gives me situations in life. And so it started uh, this week with kind of like the up and down crazy weather, right? Um, It was an emotional week where I went ahead and um, said goodbye to a good friend. I even pulled out some old videos where I got to see him uh, uh, preaching and talking and just being goofy. Um, with there. And so um, in the midst of the week, there, uh, on somewhere there was this uh, Facebook thing where a friend of mine had found, a, um, had found this like thing in a frame, an old frame. And so it was really kind of cool to see people that ha- there was a name that was there and it was back in, from like in the early 30s where it was a diploma and they had found this from the 1930s. And it had this person's name and so there was a lot of people looking for stuff. And so I, I do this kind of Ancestry.com thing. So I went ahead, typed in the name, 
figured out about when this person was born, looked it up, and there were some other people that had connected to the people, and I said, oh, I connected to somebody else, and I wrote, I said, hey, I found a relative on Ancestry, and I'm waiting for a response. I believe the person's name is, and I put the person's name when they were born, and I said, you gotta love all the social media detectives, okay? I thought it was really, really cool that we had that, and somebody said, hey, thanks to all, I've connected, and we're, we're working with this, and there was a picture of this person that I found on Ancestry, and I said, hey, here's something that everybody can look at. I thought it would be nice to see him, which another person responded, oh, that's great. That's, that's really cool. Wow, a face with a name. Thanks for posting this. And so then someone out of the blue put this online, and I want to share with you this. Okay, ready? Here we go. Look here. You can follow along with us, and I've changed the names to protect the guilty. Okay, here we go. Looks like you did far more detective work than anyone else. Hmm. I think those that commented generally just wanted to make its way to its family. Your comment was unnecessary. The next person says, blank, am I missing something? I guess someone commented negatively that has blocked me. No, here we go. Just his comment about the social media detectives got to love some of the social media wise asses. She called me wise. <laughs> huh? What happened here? What, what, in the, what in the world did I do? Did I do anything? Huh? Don't you just want to choke somebody when they do this? I mean, look at this. And everybody's like, huh? And then there was this other, there was this whole kind of other thing. And I wanted to say, what is wrong with you, person? And I wanted to be extremely non-generous. And I got all kinds of things in my head to be non-generous. Anybody with me? Anybody been there? And so this generous act of stuff that I thought was really cool because we were doing this, all of a sudden, I am now, by this person, a wise donkey. I mean, or, or whatever I am, wise ass, right? That's what I am. I still think it's cool she called me wise. But anyway, so here was my, and other people said, no, that's not Jack. And it was neat because other people came to my rescue. Yay. And I'm like, yes, people love me, right? Okay. And so, and so I wrote a response, blank, you obviously don't know me. That's my way of saying I want to smash you. Okay. And, and I put so-and-so and others are correct. Maybe you don't get generosity and help. That's my way of saying, boom, right? <laughs> then I went, Thank you for all the positive comments and actions. By the way, so-and-so is a friend of mine, and I called him to help. It was a compliment. But these days, everyone is looking for someone to get offended by. No big deal. Glad the family has what they need. And yes, it is your interpretation. Bam. <laughs> That's the nicest way to smash somebody, isn't it? I was mad. I was being nice. I was being like super sleuth detective if I could have put on a hat and a magnifying glass and whatever I was there and then this one person says something to me and I want to smash like Jack smash like Hulk, the Hulk right and so what I see as I've been through this weird wacky week and as I've been looking at a lot at my life lately I want my life to count for more than it ever has before and so as I'm taking this lap around with Rebecca I want to go ahead and I want to share some things that I think Rebecca could share to us and also if she posted on Facebook, she would say. She would say, number one, 
You can't. These are Rebecca rules. You can't do this. You can't be generous and legalistic at the same time. Oh, yes, that's good. I heard that. Mm, yeah, you can't be generous and legalistic at the same time. Look at what, this, what we have here. In other words, you don't count and be generous so that you get something. God wants to bless you, but he wants you to do something willingly. God is looking for a willing heart. In other words, it's not like, I better write this check at the offering because oh, I don't want to be under the curse and get struck by lightning. Oh, here we go. Oh, I better go and serve today in the parking lot. Oh, gosh, I don't want to be. Right? God wants you to willingly give and to enjoy doing that. Immanuel Kant was a philosopher, and he said that we do things out of three ways. Number one, we do it from immediate inclination. Where somebody trips, we start to reach out and fall and catch them. He said that doesn't have any moral self-worth. It may help them, but the only reason why we do it is because we're reactionary. The other thing that he says that we do things with action is this. We do it from calculating self-interest. So, that person's getting ready to die, and they have money and have no family. If I go ahead and take care of them, they'll leave me in the will. Calculating self-interest, right? We want something. We want something. But he says, the only thing that is really good is goodwill itself, that we just do it because it's right, and because we want everybody else to act that way. We have an amazing, generous church. Amazing, generous church. As I look back over this year, the things that happened, it's awesome to see that number for this uh, community that we, um, uh, Miriam's table, that we have, we've just come to know and how we're supporting it. I know you guys are amazed as well, and I can't wait to see her next week um, to go ahead and, uh, Susie Kiefer, to go ahead and share with that. But some of you may remember as a, as a kid when churches gave offering envelopes. You remember that? And I remember from a very early age having offering envelopes, and I remember that my father like instilled that in me. You had this, and you were supposed to do that. But like everybody else, I would go ahead and I'd have the offering envelopes, and they'd be dated, and they'd have the the numbers on them. And after a while, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I got to catch up!" And I'd throw all the other ones away, like secretly hide them in the bottom of the trash, and nobody saw them, and then put the money in and just hope nobody saw it. Um, that kind of way. Or we also have some people who are just signer uppers. Anything that comes around, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign up for everything. And we have that because we feel we have to rather than what we want to do. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Each should give what he has decided in his where? In his heart to give, not reluctantly. In other words, don't be a miser. Or don't just give because somebody slick gave a great message and great slick thing and said, hey, go ahead and you should do this. Or dangled you. Anybody remember when they dangled you over the fires of hell to get you to do, be good? Don't just do it for those reasons. There's a pastor who once said it, and I believe it, it's a great privilege to be able to give. I'm so thankful that God has placed me in an environment and given me a life that I can give to others. What I didn't have time to put up there, but 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it continues and it says, and God is able to make all grace abound. How much grace? All grace abound to you so that in all things, how many things? All things at all times. How many times? Having all that you need. How much you need? You will abound in every. How much? Every good work. Look at that. All grace, all things, all times, all that you need in every good work. How many of you like to live life that way? That God provides all, 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 every. That's an awesome way to live. And it comes from the generosity in your heart that God does that. It moves the heart of God to give to those who love to give. 
and you can abound in every good work. That's number one. Number two, some of you may know this. You can't run a marathon without taking the first step. You can't run a marathon. Anybody run a marathon? Anybody run a half marathon? Anybody run to the dinner table? There we go. All right. Every journey begins with what? A single step. Our world is so contrary to that. It is get everything now. You can have it now. Our advertising, you want it, get it. You can't afford it, that's all right. Figure it out. You need it now. You need it now. Start with what you have. What did Rebecca have? Rebecca had a jar of water and big biceps. Kind of like me. Right? That's what Rebecca had. She took what she had, but she also had something else. She had a generous heart. Two hours it took her to feed a stranger's camels. Little did she know they would be her camels, and because of this act, she would become a relative of Jesus himself. She had a willing and generous heart. We talked last week about Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Where Jesus said, and he talked about this, and he said this in Luke chapter 10, whoever can be trusted with very what, can also be trusted with very much, and whoever is dishonest with very little, will be dishonest with very much. God is watching, remember I said God is watching how you handle, little. how many cleaned up your floorboards after last week's message? All right, some people did, I see you, Okay. Some people just covered it up and say, maybe God can't see through, okay? All right. Rebecca's generosity led to her first step. And her first step comes in Genesis chapter 24, verses 58 and 59. She goes back home with the servant. She tells him all that happened. She brings in all her camels, says, look at my jewelry, right? And then she goes ahead and says, look at all this other good stuff. And the family didn't want to lose her. And they kept saying, stay a little while. Oh, stay again. And he's like, now nah, I got to get back. And they go to Rebecca and they say, what do you want to do, Rebecca? What do you want to do? And it says that, so they called her in, and she says, he said, will you go with this man? And she says, what? I will go. I will go. If I'm faithful, if, if she was faithful with her biceps and her water, she knew, and God provided her all that stuff, she knew that she was on a journey that God was going to provide something incredibly awesome more because of her generous heart, generous heart. Number three. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. I've heard a pastor say one time, he's never, ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Think about that. You know, it's true, we can't take it with us, but we can send it on ahead. Have you ever heard the story of the miser? There's a miser, he made lots of money, lots of money, and he told his wife, he said, you know what, when I die, I want all my money with me, I want to take it with me to heaven, I want you to bury me with my money. So it came time, he had passed away, they had the funeral, he was in the casket, they had a a great memorial service, right before they got ready to shut the lid of the casket, she said, wait, 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 wait a second, she had a box, and she went ahead, she put the box in there, and they shut the lid, they went, and her friend said, Wow, that is incredible how you, how you really honored his request. And so honorable that you, you went ahead and did that. But did you really put all the money in there? She goes, yes, I did. Like, wow, 
wow, I can't believe that. She goes, you really did? I said, yeah, I did. I wrote him a check. <laughs> Got to like the way she thinks, huh? All right. Wrote him a check. So I just figured you wanted to laugh a little bit there. Okay. So she wrote him a check. And so what we have here is Jesus said something very similar to this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, the generosity and the stuff that you do here is putting away in heaven. God is giving us great insider trading here. Take that stuff and invest in people's lives. Invest in heaven. Rebecca's two-hour investment, two-hour investment that she took led her She didn't know that she was going to get all this. She didn't know she was going to get all these riches. And she also didn't know that she would be the great, 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 grandmother of Jesus. You got to admit that was good. I practiced that. 37 times. 37 times. She didn't know that at that point. If she knew that, I think she would have taken two hours of her life. But she did it anyway because that was her heart. That was her heart. So you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Number four. I think this one, everybody star this one. Put blinking to it. I don't care whatever you do. If you got stickers, put a sticker next to it. You can't go by feelings they come after. You can't go by feelings. We all live life like this. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. <gasps> feelings. I don't feel like doing it. I'm really happy now. I don't like you. Right? That's how we live. We let our feelings drive us and guide us wherever we go. This is a great one here. For instance, every temptation you have plays on your feelings, doesn't it? Mm, I like that. Mm, that's good to me. Right? Everything that we don't like, ooh, we react by our feelings. Last week, we learned something. We learned that when it's not about feelings, but remember when Elisha, they came to him, we need water, we need water, we need water. What did he say? Dig a ditch. People said, well, I don't feel like digging ditches. I don't care what you feel like. You feel like some water? Dig a ditch. Nobody said, mm, yes, let's dig some ditches. They weren't excited about that. You just, so many of us end up in our lives like, I just don't feel lead. When really we got to get the lead out. I don't feel lead. I don't feel lead. I don't feel much. How many of you feel like getting up tomorrow and going to work? How many of you are going to go to work? You don't feel like it? How many feel like, I don't know, how many feel like, what do you feel like doing? How many feel like painting a house? Nobody? Darn it, I need somebody to do it. Anybody feel like doing any of that stuff? No, we never feel like doing that stuff. How many, when the alarm went off today, you felt like getting up? I didn't. I was like, oh, 
Sunday, it's like the old story where the, where the, um, past, the, the woman came in and she said, it's time to get up and go to church. She said, no, I don't want to go. They don't like me. She said, yeah, get up. Get up. You got to go to church. She said, no, I don't want to. They're mean to me. They talk about me. I don't like going. I just want to stay here in bed. I don't feel like going. She said, get up. And besides, you're the pastor. All right. Sometimes we don't feel like doing stuff, right? How many days do you feel like when your significant other hasn't done what you want them to do? How many of you feel like loving them? Mm, oh, I stepped on a good one there. <laughs> All right. We don't feel like doing things. But what the scripture says is many of us have this verse backwards from Matthew chapter 6, 21. Pastors have preached on it wrongly. Look at what it says here. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I've heard many a sermon saying, where your heart is, what you treasure. That's not what it says there, is it? It says where your treasure is, where your money, where your value, where you commit to, that's where your heart is. I've, I've told people before, and I've heard this before, look at your checkbook and you find out where your heart is. Look at where you spend your time, look at your calendar, find out where your heart is. Where you commit is where your heart is. As I said, from a young, young age, the concept of tithing, before I, before I even knew really what it was, was something that was ingrained into my life. That, hey, you give to the Lord first. Oh, you got, I, remember, I remember my cousins and I went to Ocean City and we went down to, I think it was Gold Coast Mall. Right? And we went to Gold Coast Mall and we were in the mall and we found a wallet. And it had some money, and we were like, cha-ching, let's go to the arcade. Arcade's like a Nintendo or like a PlayStation, Xbox One, I forget. Okay, so um, and you put quarters in, and okay, all right, Pac-Man, waka, waka, waka. Okay, so, so we found this money, and then we went to the security guard, and they went in, and they called, made a call, and they had the person's information. He came, and the kid gave, there was three of us, and he gave $10. Now, this is in the 80s, so this is really big money, and we're little, and we're like, yeah. And all right, so when we decided, and then I think somebody else gave us, I think one of the parents thought it was really cool, so they gave us $5. It probably went my dad, because he wouldn't give you any money. But anyway, um, so um, we, had, um, we had $15, so we each have $5. But I do remember what my parents said. Hey, remember, the first 50 cents of that is God's. Huh? God didn't find the wallet, I did. No, 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 no. God has given to you. That premise has been there. And I remember getting my first checkbook and being like, doo, 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 writing it out and putting it there and feeling good about giving to God. And you know what it was? It was a decision to do that. And there's been times in my life when I've looked at my bills and said, I don't feel like giving God. There's been times in my life where somebody calls me and needs something, and I'm like, I don't feel like talking to these people right now, God. There's been times where my kids come in the room and I say, I don't want to talk to you right now. Get out of my face. But what I learned is that when I go to that place is when my heart will follow. And that's where God does an amazing work. Everybody good? It's a prayerful decision. Let me remind you of something. How's your five? Remember that sermon series? That one just to do and get done. How's your five? So now here we are. Rebecca's with us. We're coming around the turn. We got a little bit more of the race. Rebecca's like, come on, Jack. Let's go. She's running with me. She said, I got, I got a couple other things I want to share with you. So let's talk about Rebecca's last lap race, lap wrap, okay? She's going to give us her lap wrap. Here it is. She says this. Number one, Jack, here's what I find out. Even the smallest acts of generosity make a difference. 
Even the smallest thing makes a difference. She said, it was only water. It was only two hours. And I got all that good stuff, and I got the I'm still wearing the jewelry in heaven, hallelujah. And I became the, 30, the great, great, I'm not doing it again, the 37 times great-grandmother of Jesus. Two hours and water fails in comparison to all that. The smallest things matter in life. That tip for the waitress where you are at the, uh, after dinner, how many ever been in waiter or waitress jobs? That tip make a difference? Yeah. What about that hug you give somebody? What about that drink or snack that as you're going through the conveyor belt where everybody's sitting there and they're listening to everybody's mess about how the prices are wrong and they're listening to that all day and then you're going through there and you simply say to somebody, hey, I'm trying to find out what kind of candy bar I want here or drink. What do you think's the best? Come on, let me know. And they're pretty annoyed at you because people are asking them questions. You say, okay, well, I like a Mountain Dew and I, I like Mountain Dew. I like Snickers. You go, okay. And then you put them up there and you buy them and they say, here you go. Have a good day. Does that make a difference in someone's life? You betcha it does. You betcha it does. Paying for the food behind you in the drive-thru. For the people you don't have a clue who they are. I would say pay for the toll, but now we all do easy passing like, we don't care, right? Or taking 10 minutes for your kids, asking them how their day was. Or maybe you just text or tweet or phone call or sit down with somebody. Or maybe you go ahead, which we have some people who have been awesome, and sitting with Gary so that Liz can come to church. Maybe that is something that you, do, that you can do. You see, I, I gave a sermon series years ago about practicing the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits are something that, gifts are something that's given. Fruits are something that you cultivate. And so guess what? You need love. You want, practice some love. This is, this is Valentine's Day. Bling. Practice love with Practice love with people. Love. How about joy? Anybody need some joy in your life? I might love for you to just come up and go, ha ha, isn't it awesome? People will be like, you're crazy. Yeah, I am, but it's awesome. Yeah, joy. Love, joy, peace. Anybody need peace in their life? Anybody seen television? Anybody seen what's going on? Anybody talk, anybody talk to anybody? Anybody see my Facebook post where somebody accuses me of? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I showed you. Okay. Um, anybody need some peace in their life? Yeah. Anybody need patience? Oh, boy, do we need a bunch of kindness and some gentleness and some self-control, some goodness, some faithfulness. Against these things, there's nothing against them, but they're fruits that we pass on. Practice them with people today. What if everybody in this room and all the people watching online decided to practice the good things of God? How do you think that would change the world when you have a political disagreement and you came at it with love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You think that would change the, 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 the uh, outlay of the land? You betcha it would. Matthew 10, 42 says this. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because of my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. The word there is mython, which comes from the word, and it actually is associated constantly, reward in heaven. Number two. The impact of your generosity will outlive you. I want to tell you something here. We at Haven are reaping what we did not sow. Haven has 
the roots and the foundations that were laid by my father, my grandmother and mother in his life, from people like John Hobbs and Kenny Davis and Jim Jones and Dave Staples and all those youth leaders who dealt with a young Jack Cohen, those people at Bible studies that called me out, they are the ones and even the other churches in this community have laid the foundation that we are able to be here now. We are reaping what we do not sow. There's an old book that I found about faith in Cecil County, and it's an awesome book. When the Methodists first came to Cecil County, there was a saying that either you were drunk or you were a Methodist. And one person was so afraid of being called a Methodist that he fell off the, he was in the spirit after a prayer meeting. He fell, he fell on the street and he said, no, 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 I'm not a Methodist, I'm drunk. (laughs) He'd rather be drunk than being a Methodist. Oh boy, wouldn't it be awesome if we were accused of, because we're so joyous and have so much of the spirit that people think we're a little whacked out a little bit more. In John chapter 4, 38, it says, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Guess what? My hope is not just that this church lives till I die or whatever, that this church outlives me, that somebody else will stand here and say, remember that old fool Jack Cohen? We're here today and I hope somebody takes it and does it incredibly better than I have. We are planting the seeds of the growth in this community. And when 12 people already have died of addiction, we have not yet begun to do our work. The impact that you have will last long after you're gone. And number three, as our worship team comes up, generosity is really giving to the Lord. When you give to others, it is really giving to God. In Matthew 25, he says, I tell you the truth, what you did for the least of these, my brothers of mine, you did for who? Me. When you do something for someone else, you do it for the Lord. Don't you just want to have a generous heart now? Don't you just, can't you just wait till like, like we're at the running start now? Rebecca's gone out in the stands and now we're on the starters line again and you just can't wait to get out here and go be generous to somebody, can't you? I challenge you to do it. I hope people just completely freak out because you're so generous today. Be generous in the Lord and give to the Lord. When you do the least of these, you do to me. Please stand as we pray today. Lord God, uh, so many of us are here today and we want, we're asking ourselves, how can I be generous? How can I have an impact in today's world? How can I do that, God? Some of us right here may have never even given our lives to Jesus. Some of us may have said, hey, I need something different. I'm fooling myself. I'm living life. I'm going ahead and saying, hey, I got this. I got this. I got this. But when, when we're alone and when we're by ourselves and we're in our thoughts and we're looking at the, at the mirror or we're just thinking... God, we recognize that there's a void that's deep within us. Some of us that may have come up to the surface level and we say, you know what, I need, I need something and for what I'm hearing, I need a Savior. That's you, Jesus. Because God is the great generous one because the scripture tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you need... How do you do it? All you have to do is just accept that gift that Jesus has given to you. God gave his son generously to step into my place. And you know what? There's so many other of us that are here or watching that, you know what? We may have been brought up. We may have had a point in our life where we had just this intimate relationship with God. We may have had this point in our lives where, you know, I really felt the presence of God. But somehow, some way, 
that's felt gone or pulled away from me. And you're at this point and you say, I need to get back. So you want to rededicate your life, Jesus, and you want to live for him. There's others here who are, who are running the race well and you're taking these on, but man, life is throwing things on you and you can't feel like you can pull, can remove those things in your lives that is weighing you down and the race is getting heavy. But you need to throw off those things and you're listening to these big dogs of faith that are sharing things with you and they're saying, go, keep going. Don't get caught up in that. Keep moving, keep going. And you realize, hey, they are the ones that you are reaping now what they did not sow. And so no matter if it's difficult and there's stuff going on in your life that you serve a God who says, hey, we run the, run the race to me. Run the race to me. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So God, for all these, all these prayers and concerns and things, hearts, I have people that right now are lifting up other people and their families that they don't know how to reach out to them. They don't know what they're going through, but they know it's not good. God, give them the right words and the right strength to say. Give them a generous and loving heart. They begin to see the love of God through each individual. And so, Lord, as we stand in this place, wherever we are today, may your spirit just touch our hearts, touch our minds, and touch our lives. So we can be the people that you have called us to be with generous hearts for a world that's so so richly needs generosity and needs to know that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus. That is your great name. So God, during this time, whether we make an altar where we are, we say, hey, God, touch my heart and life where we are, or we come up to the altar today and just hear, just say, God, I, I, I need to, to get on my knees before you and I need that you're, I, I need, I, I'm broken on the inside and I need you to heal all that. Just do that right now as our Stephen ministers come up and are here for those reasons. And whether you're at home or whatever you are, you just need to stop where you are and just say, God, I need you. I need you now. God, meet us where we are in Christ's name.
God who never changes, and so um, it's awesome to run that race with the big dogs. How are my big dogs? There we go. I like that. Okay, we may do that forever. Okay, so next week we got another big dog, and he's in this family. His name is Jacob. Anybody heard of Jacob? 
Going to do some wrestling. Anybody want to wrestle with God this week? He's going to talk about that a little bit. So have an awesome week in Jesus, and go ahead and be generous to somebody today. And, and if you want, go ahead and paste up on Facebook. Just let us know how you're being generous out there. Have an awesome week in Jesus. Everybody said? No, goodbye. Okay, there we go. Have a great week. <laughs>